In this episode of Design Huddle, we are talking about storytelling. How can you become a better storyteller? And what are some actionable tips and tricks that can help you feel less anxious and more confident during that next presentation? Let's dive into today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. hey welcome to Design Huddle. This is a podcast for anyone that wants to get inspired and learn how to build cool stuff with cooler people. We interview designers, creators, influencers, and sometimes just chat about interesting design topics. We'll hit on things like product design, UX best practices, and how you can uplevel your personal brand. This podcast is hosted by myself, your boy, Ryan Warrender, a UX designer and taco enthusiast based in New York City and Brendan Gross, a digital strategist for Fortune 500 companies. We started this podcast to learn from each other, the community, and most important, you, the listeners. So thank you for tuning in, and let's dive in to today's episode of Design Huddle. Let's go! Before we jump into the topic, I need to give a shout out to all the listeners Brendan and I have both been gotten a ton of feedback on the previous episodes and interviews. We have a, we're going to get more of those in the pipeline, but thanks everyone for who listened to that. Um, we really appreciate you know all the support that you guys have come in. So I just needed to give everyone a huge shout out. We love you. Thank you. Share the podcast more with all your friends. <laughs> 100%. So in your experience, through your you know personal experience, what have you seen in terms of, you know, whether the people you're consulting with or um, your general experience, when does story come into play and when, what is important about it and what are the other things that are also in the works outside of story that make a brand successful? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit more from like, I guess, like a consultant mindset. So any, like anytime you want to get someone to do something, like you want them to like a lot of times consultants, what they're doing is they're coming in and they're reviewing a company, a system, a process, and their job is to find opportunities to make it better. So the core responsibility of you know the consultant is to basically sell ideas that the company should execute upon. So a lot of times when you're doing this, the number one thing when you're like building a story is making sure you understand your audience. Understanding your audience is something that Brendan and I talk about a ton, but you know, building you know, as much empathy, making sure that when you, you understand everything that the brand does, you know, you know their demographics, you know their user journeys, you know everything that there is to know about that you know, product or solution. Um, and then the other piece that's super, super important is making sure that it's memorable and clear. Brendan and I, another theme that we constantly are talking about is how a lot of design is like you're putting too much up front, you're, you're, you're overwhelming a user. So it's like, how can you simplify that? And I think of that as the same way as a story. Like a lot of times people don't remember a ton. If you think of like a TED talk, typically they have like one, two or like three major points 
that they leave the audience with because that make that's what makes it more memorable. So that's a lot of times like if you think about it, if you've ever seen like a TED talk, it's it's a lot of slides, but the overall theme or idea is like very concise and very uh, easy to. It's relatable to the audience up front. And the other thing that I think that helps with storytelling is being like as human as possible. So being relatable. A lot of times, like you know. Um, in different industries, especially in design, there's a lot of like overblown language. People are just throwing out buzzwords. But the best UX designers, the best designers, the best brand managers, um, the, these are the people that have the ability to take something inherently complicated and make it simple so anybody can understand. So those are my like like three quick things to think about. But Brendan, I'd love to hear your take on this as well. Yeah, definitely for sure. I I really want to reiterate some of the things that you mentioned. It's understanding your audience, making sure it's relatable, human and simple. And if you guys are new to like if you're just on day one starting to trying to build a story, we're going to touch on really the framework that you guys should be focused on and how to build a story. And then we're going to jump off into the other things. So if you want to, you know, hop in, you already got your story covered, go and hop into the next um a couple minutes here and we're going to hop into that stuff but right now in terms of what ryan you know uh writing the tale of what he just mentioned making sure your audience understands your customers understand understanding their user journey making sure that your story is relatable human and simple there's a very simple framework by donald miller who is the author of uh story brand and really from what ryan said the framework is this is you your customer is the hero of the story or the journey, so to speak. And you are crafting a story in which your customer is the hero and you are the quote unquote guide or the Yoda that is helping them from the beginning of the story, from where they are, they meet you and you are helping them along that journey to become the thing that they're searching out to be. So to, for this to happen, a couple things have to happen. You have to make sure that your customer, number one, knows that they have they are aware of their particular challenge. So this is what is called the quote unquote villain. There's a couple things that have to be understood in terms of that the customer has to be has to be aware of so that you can interject yourself as the guide in their journey. So with that said, there's the villain, you know, for creatives, this could be the oversaturated market and they feel, uh, you know, other creators feel as though it's very hard to rise above the saturated market of designers, other creatives to be seen and get paid what they should be paid in terms of the value and the output of their work. And from that villain, there's other things such as the internal beliefs. So the villain will then cause an internal belief as, oh, you know what, because of the saturated market internally, I believe maybe I'm just not good enough and therefore the external happening that happens is that I then have a job that is not as valuable as I truly am. So what that with all that those are the internal external and the um you know villain of someone's or a customer's particular uh you know belief system. And from that a guide can come in and say if they were a marketer they could say Here's how we're going to help you overcome your villain. And therefore, you know, this is how we're going to help you get above the market and be seen and valued as you should be because great designers or creatives should be seen. And, you know, helping a customer or a person through that journey of understanding, okay, this is who I am 
how they think themselves internally and externally, how are you going to over, over, help them overcome their villain by being their Yoda and by intersecting or injecting yourselves in their, in their journey from saying, hey, this is where you are. This is what I do, and this is how I'm going to help you become what you are already seeking out to be. That is the very simple framework, and a lot of people, like, that's what a story should be built around. How is your brand or your product or service going to interject into a person's life that already is aware of the problems and challenges that they have, so that when they see you, your product and service is already relatable, and they can see how your help and advice will help them get get them from where they are, to where they want to be so that is the simple and literally like a <laughs> in a paragraph summary a long ass s is a verbally the framework of story ryan what are your what are your thoughts i mean i mean that framework makes total sense it's like very similar to one that like i think i heard like a while ago but i actually like it and bear with me because it's a little weird but do you know do you know what a sherpa is no i'm gonna write that down and google it after though uh, like so a Sherpa, <laughs> it, this is like, so Sherpas are like local people. They're like natives of Nepal. So oh. they actually live, they're like the native people that live at the base of like Mount Everest. Mm. And Sherpas are like local people. They're like highly skilled. They're extre- They're like very experienced climbers. Some of them have like free climbed Everest without oxygen. So just like, they're just incredible, incredible, like, you know, guides. That's really what a Sherpa is, is that they're guides. They're paid to do things like, you know, they prepare the route before like an expedition. They help foreign climbers. They follow like by, you know, fixing the ropes in place. They put the ladders in place. They basically make like, you know, people that come and climb Everest, the expedition, like they are the guides to help them up the mountain because they know the mountain so well. They know the conditions. They know the weather um, because they're native to the land. So I, I you're probably saying, what does a Sherpa have to do with telling a story? <laughs> but... <laughs> Is this just Ryan wanting to talk about, you know, Sherpas and his love of like Mount Mount Everest documentaries? It's not. The reason I like the idea of a Sherpa is that like, you know, at the base of Everest, you know, is very similar to like, you know, telling a story. You need to establish a baseline for what, you know, how to connect with the audience that you're 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 presenting or you're talking to. So that baseline is the most important. That's where the climbers are all prepping and getting ready at the base of Everest. And then, you know, as the Sherpa, as the storyteller, your job is to guide the audience, the expedition, the people in the room, you know, through the experience to the summit. And the summit is ultimately, what is your point? What is your central thesis for being in the room? What do you want to get across? And I think of it as like, what do you want people to leave with? If people weren't paying attention for your entire presentation, what is the one thing you want them to leave the room with? Really good storytellers are able to do that. They're able to like make it memorable and help them get through that. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. So like, you know, a good Sherpa, a good storyteller is someone that can focus on like what the actual audience cares about. Um, You have a lot of examples around, you know, to support what you're actually trying to get across. The other thing is, is that there's always a, the, the, there, I already kind of hit on this, but I want to hit on it one more time is the power of three. The vast majority of people can't remember things more than three at a time. So good sales presentations typically follow like a three by three rule where you can have like, you know, three big central ideas and, you know, usually not more than that. So that, that, those are like my main basic things. And like, I like the idea of like the Sherpa as like, you are a guide, you're guiding someone from their current beliefs to buy into something that you're trying to get across. Um, I think this is very similar to what Brendan was getting across, but there's a lot of different ways to think about this. But the most important, in my opinion, is, you know, being concise and making sure that, 
um, you're really kind of doing your homework before you go and actually, you know, make the presentation. And I, and then Brendan, I'd love to like get some personal like experience for you. So like, you know, if you were going, let's say you were asked to speak at a conference, like how would you go about like prepping your story? Like how, like, give me like talk, talk a little bit about what you would do to be, like tell a successful story on a personal level. I mean, I think it's super simple. I really stick with the power of three and I start with what are the three things I want somebody to understand after I finish talking and I have three bullet points. So typically when I talk, I really want to understand. And recently it's been about creatives super like their 100% dream is to build what they want when they want with the people that they like most. So that's my power of three. And so I create stories around how I've been able to translate. Oh, I love that. Say that again. What were, what were your three again? I love um, that. So the ultimate goal for creatives is to build what they want when they want with people they love most or like most. And so with that, and because, so that's kind of how I'm using the story brand to pull people in because the utmost, um, you know, elevated dream for creatives is to be able to, that's just pure freedom. Those three things in that sentence to build what I want when I want with people I like most that equates to freedom for creatives and anybody with a uh, type of craft. And so with that, I explain and really tell a story how I've been able to go from eating salmon sandwiches on the floor to where I am today to be able to legitimately build what I want when I want with those who I like most. And I explain the entirety of how I got to where I am. I literally reverse engineer the people who are listening how I went from where I was to where I am now. And I'm literally telling this story because my clients are who I was five years ago. That transition phase, I'm basically in their position, that's the position I was five years ago and how I've basically helped myself to get to where I am today. And in their minds, what's happening is they are already internally overcoming how they're seeing my, my villain, which was the oversaturated market. They're seeing how I thought I wasn't, um, you know, good at my craft because could could we Brennan, could we also say the yeah. villain is similar to like what is the problem in the market like do you think that's that's fair to say well the okay Siri I was not talking to you let's calm down <laughs> <laughs> Siri like, we didn't oh. ask for help here we got this thanks thanks for jumping in I just saw a Siri moving and I was like oh shit Tim Cook be listening to my ass right now um, <laughs> but um what was I saying see this is why Ryan has a Google phone everybody no I was just I was just saying that. Like we were talking about the villain and like, you know, the villain was something that you have to overcome is a villain different than like a problem statement where it's like the problem is the market is oversaturated, like, or is it pretty much the same? So the villain is anything that causes the internal and external um, beliefs in a person. So I just know my example is the oversaturated market is what causes people like our people like the creatives to think oh i'm not good enough because there's so many people and in turn that causes the external environment of where they are in the job that they are now and they're not so happy with it and the reason why i frame it like that is because that's how i felt when i was in the situation i felt that there was so many other people than me and that i was just okay and that caused me to be in the situation that i was externally like i was working with not the the clients were fine, but I was working with the wrong clients and the amount of value that I outputted did not equate to the amount of return I was getting in terms of monetary. 
Um, so the villain is anything that causes the external um, and internal beliefs of a person. Got it. I like that breakdown. Yeah. So um, I forget your original question. I know we were talking about uh, talks. How would I, uh, you know, break yeah, how, are you, how you would structure it? Because I think that's a question that a lot of people have. Yeah. So it's just the power of three. What are the three main things that I want people to get out of my talk? And then I tell um, stories around those three things that allow people to see how I went from not having that to having that. Like we can go into story forever and that's what a lot of the medium articles do today. And I think the reason why guys were having this talk today is because I was telling Ryan a lot, you know, even with um, one of the panels I've had recently, um, with some very top dogs, it was really exciting. But, you know, in hindsight, listening to how we talked and rewatching the tape, it was a lot of story content, story content, you know, and the thing is, thinking back on that, in the space that we're in, we are already the masters of story and content. I have yet to see um, somebody who is in the progress of becoming of somebody who is going to be great, you know, who's learning to create content, who's learning to create story. That's what we do in our in our industry. That's what we learn to do. And what people at the top of their game in this industry tend to tell the people who are learning is story content. But once you're already at a stage where your story and content game is pretty good, what are the other things that need to be done in order to get to that next level faster is not talked about. And so this is stuff like brand positioning, brand actual development, how to actually build a brand. Because if you guys notice, and I know this is an extreme issue, is that people create great content in terms of video, they spend so much time, um, and then on the flip side, it will take us five hours to create this amazing piece of content, and then we get five views or 50 views. So Ryan has to jump in like five minutes, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna grab him really quick. I'm gonna let him, you know, just on what I talked about, since he has to run, and he, I, I don't want him to leave before he has anything to say, because now my tongue is getting a little hairy, and I'm gonna drink this coffee right next to me in my narwhal cup. <laughs> um, I wish you guys could see this. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Ryan, what, I mean, what are your thoughts in terms of everything else outside of story that people are not capitalizing on? What are, you, what are your just general thoughts before you hop off? Yeah, outside of, I mean, like, outside of creating a story, I think, like, a lot of times, like, people, like, I think a lot of times it's, like, establishing some credibility. Like, credibility in the market is, like, super important, too. So, like, a lot of TED Talk speakers, like, I like to reference TED Talk, a lot of them, like, have, like, you know, they have some sort of expertise or they've been in an industry for a really long time and they've they've honed a craft and they've like become an expert in it. So it's really, really like I think that's one of the reasons that they have to tell such compelling stories is that they know the topic they're talking about inside and out. So that's why, like, you know, like tying that back to Design Huddle, Brendan and I are always talking about like building a personal brand, you know, really making sure that you pick a niche that you're passionate about and developing it and working with the community there. So I think this all really ties back to, you know, establishing a personal brand, you know, really, you know, spending time in your career, working on it, taking on as many projects, side projects, getting a mentor, learning as much as possible. And then eventually at some point you're going to have that credibility so that when you like, you know, the more credibility you have in the room, the better. That's a lot of times like when you start younger, when you're start, when you're early on in your career, you're not the one giving the presentation to the CEO of the company. Usually it's your manager or your manager's manager. So it's important that like, you know, you work your way up and you start getting, you know, um, 
you know, you're establishing that credibility by, by just more, more work experience. So that, that's, that's one thing that I'm like pretty passionate about. I know it's like difficult and a lot of that is just like timing, but there's also ways to expedite it. And I think Brendan does a really good job kind of explaining that um, and how he's been able to do that. So that, that's a big one. And then the other thing that we haven't touched on, but I want to make sure that we kind of um, like other like themes that I think are really important for like additional to storytelling is like, you know, you definitely want to create suspense. You want to make sure that it's like the answer is not obvious that you're, you're, you know, there's a little bit of a buildup. Um, another way to do that, that like you, we've, we've talked about this in copywriting is, you know, like catchy headlines, um, almost to like, we, we probably heard the term clickbaity headlines, but there's nothing wrong with that. Like I think creating suspense is a part of human nature and people want to know like what's going to happen next. It's like, you know, any reason you would want to watch a, a good, a good movie. Um, the other thing is like, if you have the ability to do this is show, don't tell. People are visual, so if you have like strong visuals, it's a lot better than walls of text. That's something that we've talked about. That's a little bit, I'm getting a little bit more into the weeds in terms of like how you would actually, you know, craft the presentation. Um, but, you know, a lot of the content, like over audio, we can't, we, we're not showing you anything visually. So what Brendan and I have been trying to do more of is be more descriptive um, and really kind of set the scene for, you know, why we're doing something. Um, and then like the last, the last piece, um, is really you want to build like a, a star moment is something else that I, I, I want to make sure that it's similar to the climax. A star moment is something they'll always remember. It's an event so dramatic that your audience will be thinking about it weeks later. So star moments are critical. They're hard to do and they're hard to make memorable, but we, we, we the, the, you know, the, the power of three is definitely a thing, but a star moment, um, you can kind of think of it as a climax, but something they'll always, that'll all, they'll always remember be memorable. Um, that's the most important thing is that like, if you can get people to walk away with one thing from a presentation, a talk an interaction, um, make sure it's that, that it's something powerful. And if you want to, and just as an example, one of my favorite examples of this is, uh, Bill Gates has a Ted talk on this on eradicating malaria. I know that's kind of like a very niche topic, but he does a phenomenal job, um, he basically says there's no reason only poor people should have the experience. So basically he's just kind of generating energy and empathy for this problem to raise awareness so that more people are passionate about it like he is. So it's a really like it's it's a topic that I didn't know a ton about, but I left it, you know, feeling like wow, that was a really powerful talk and I was thinking about it way after, even though that I you know, I, it's not a topic that I was well educated on prior. So those are mine, Brendan. I don't know um, if those are ones that you uh you necessarily agree with but those are ones that i think that we've 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 touched on in the past yeah definitely everything you said just a bullet point is the credibility having the stage of your personal brand and really understanding how to create the star moments which is uh goes back into the uh, you know the story brand framework so i totally agree with you so jumping off of where ryan mentioned having credibility through your expertise and having a personal brand and having a stage we're going to hop into specifically why having a personal stage i'm not gonna call it personal brand because you know <laughs> all the buzzwords so a lot of us as creatives we have the credibility we have the technical skills or we have the skills or we're practicing on becoming someone of expertise so we're either building towards or we have those type of skills now, something that we're not really versed in is how to actually build a stage for ourselves in which we can talk about and display our expertise. Now, this is something I've come out and started talking a lot about because 
a lot of the people I've been talking to in DC, whether through um, my connections one to one, through my um, you know my talks, or even online, on you know via Instagram, I continue to hear I have great work, but people aren't seeing me. I have great work, and, and and I see it. People do way better work than I could ever do, and they don't have a platform to explain how they've done what they've done or even get the right eyeballs so that they can build what they want when they want with people that they like most. So with that said, guys, we're gonna hop into how to actually build personal brand, how to build stage, and really what's required to do such things. So with that said, guys, some actionable things here. If you're trying to build a personal brand in that personal stage, I want you guys to pick a platform. I don't care if it's social media, I don't care, which is probably the best in terms of um, free content creation and something that is scalable. But find a way that you can start bringing your credibility, your expertise to a stage in which multiple people are, you know, have access to. So in my personal experience, this is when I used Instagram. I had the personal skill, but now I needed to build a stage in which people, in which I could reach people. So with that said, I'm going to kind of bring you through my experience and how I was able to gain traffic and finally put myself on top of the stage that I built. So with that said, guys, running you back from day one, if you guys don't know my story, I was in Dallas, Texas, eating salmon, peanut butter and jelly with the hottest breath um, <laughs> ever. Thank God my client calls were over the internet. <clears throat> so I had the technical skills and I realized I had a challenge of which I was not able to, even though I had a high technical skills, I was not working with the people who really valued what I was able to do. Granted, you know, we had great relationships, um, but I was not being paid what I was valued at. And I believed that I was of the value that I was getting paid, but I had the utmost um, high skills. So really what I needed to do, I was like, something's not right. I'm better than the majority out there or this subsect. And I obviously I still have work to do, but, you know, I'm very good at what I do. You know, just having that mindset and from what I'm getting paid, shit not looking right. <laughs> so with that said, I had to figure out, okay, great. In this equation, I'm already an expert at what I do, but I'm lacking the stage in which people know about me. So how can I gain attention? Okay, social media, this is an easy way to gain traction in order for people to see that I'm an expert at my craft. So with the platform of choice, Instagram, I started to create a conversation. So guys, if you're building a uh, audience, what you need to do and what I really suggest is not to create content, con <laughs> content, it is to facilitate a conversation first and facilitate and curate that conversation, curate your quote unquote story or the conversation you want to be known for through other people's content and put your story on top of it. And please tag them so don't steal content. And if you guys look at this in my early content pieces, it's all curated content about the conversation I wanted to talk about, which was what is good design. So I curated content from the top line artists and designers on Instagram, on Dribble, And I started talking about what is good design, answering people's questions, um, talking to them and DMing them, having conversation, building a community. That is your first step to building a stage, build a community, your tribe. Next is in guys, I want you guys, as you guys are listening to this, keep this equation in mind, do the utmost valuable thing 
for the least amount of your time and resources. And the reason I'm saying that is because social media should not be your number one because that day one does not bring in dollars. Day one, what brings in dollars is either your day job or your freelance. And your freelance is what's giving you cash flow and sustainability so that you can work on other things to scale. So with that said, I was doing my freelance, my day-to-day, and working on building my attention and my stage by curating and facilitating a conversation of what is good design. And I was able to only spend 30 minutes a day on Instagram by facilitating that conversation of what good design is, finding great design inspiration, putting it on Instagram, and talking with the people who also believed in what great design or what I believed great design was, in addition to outreaching to these new people. So with that said, understand, do the most valuable thing for the least amount of your time and resources. In my case, is sustainability first, job. Second thing is social media. How do I build my social media following by um, you know still keeping time to myself so I can do work? Is facilitate conversation, curate other content, put my story on top. And I really recommend the same for anybody else who is a solopreneur or is trying to build something and they have family, day-to-day job, and children. (laughs) Because now you're stacking on a fourth thing and you're trying to build a stage. And it's going to take a lot of time. But if you're smart and you strategize it, you can spend as little as 30 minutes to an hour a day building something um, valuable for very little time and resources. It's the strategy that you have to think about, not spending a whole bunch of time and just bulldozing through it. Let's be smart. So with that said, I would definitely follow that, uh, you know, that model and at least post once a day. If it only takes 30 minutes looking at it for inspiration that you can then curate, put your story on top of, and then engage with the people who are engaging with you. That is the strategy to go forward. And it's so easy and it's easy enough to do that you could do it at least once a day so that is what i did and i was posting three to four times a day and i was spending maybe max uh two um two hours is a lot but probably around an hour and a half for the whole day in terms of looking for inspiration in terms of curating I was not taking five hours to create content that takes too long. And then at that point, you're tired. The other things that you're working on that are more important start slipping through your hands and then you're just tired. So let's think about strategy. Do the utmost valuable thing for the least amount of time and resources. Facilitate a conversation and curate content with your story. So with that and being dedicated to posting three to four times a day on this platform and creating a community and really talking with the people who were there in this community. Fast forward a year and a half. I'm now at, um, it's almost two years. Um, A year and a half, I have about 50,000 of an audience on Instagram. And I'm able to work with brands such as Disney, Danon, LG, and Adobe. So with that said, (laughs) with consistency and the equation of, lowest resources in in time for that most valuable thing i was able through just curating um content and facilitating conversation to be able to gain the attention in which now i'm able to put my face on and guys um you know when you're listening to this you can still put your your face on top of the brand in the platform you're building through stories this is how i was doing it so that people could um see my face 
in tandem with the conversation and through with the other people's work um, on my timeline as well. So people need to see that you are the facilitator of this conversation, regardless if the work is yours or not. You're facilitating a conversation and building a community. And now the gears have switched now that I have more time and, you know, traffic and monetary uh, stuff is coming in from social media in this platform, in this stage that I've created, I can now up my time and resources and do even more valuable things because now I have a little bit of cash flow coming through the social media platform. So that is the system that I really recommend for those of you guys who are trying to build personal brand and trying to start from ground zero. Get the strategy right or get your strategy right. Understand that you have the facilitated conversation. What is the content that you can use easily curate, put your story on top of and engage with the community and grow a community. And then once you have the community, you get some traction, you can then start to put a little bit more time and resources into building your stage. So with that said, guys, that's really what I prescribe to you guys listening to this. And this is the whole reason I want to talk to you guys about this is because this is not talked about enough, in my opinion in our community because what I feel is told to the people who are starting out or people who are trying to be solopreneurs and build a brand is, oh, you're not getting enough traction because your story isn't good enough or your um, your logo isn't good enough. I'm tired of hearing that. <laughs> you don't need those things. You need, just need to gain attention. And if you legitimately um, take the tips and tricks that were uh, just that framework that I you know, me and Ryan have gone, gone over here. If you're using the story brand framework, if you're picking a platform and just going all in, facilitating conversation, curating, and doing the least amount of, uh, the most valuable thing that you can with the least amount of your time and resources and following that and being consistent, you will come out the other side with growth. With that said, um, this is legitimately how I was able to get from you know, sleeping on the floor, salmon, PB&J to where I am today. And if you guys have any questions, I have, you can either DM me or Ryan, or if you guys go on my Instagram channel, there are, <laughs> I do a video every weekday in terms of how to gain attention. So if you have any questions, you can hop on over there and, um, you know, see specifically the exact tactics that I used to um, gain the attention I have today and actually take action on those things. But from a high level um, structure in terms of how to start gaining traction on a platform to actually be seen for your expertise is really just follow what me and Ryan talked about here. Um, and to summarize everything, you know, make sure you understand your, your story and your audience's story. You know, make sure it's relatable to them. Make sure that they are aware that the problem that you're trying to solve for them, make sure it's human, simple, and concise. And, you know, remember the power of three. Make sure whenever you're talking to a specific subsect of customers or really your customers that they understand the three main ideas that you can actually help them with. People only really understand chunks at a time and really being able to just like how I constantly say to the people who I talk to through my frameworks and what I'm teaching you guys, you'll be able to build what you want when you want with those who you like most. That is my power of three through the tactics and the structure and the strategies that I teach my clients and students, they're able to build what they want when they are, when they want with people they most like. And that is the story. And really as a guide, how I help my clients and students get from where they are to doing those three things. So the power of three and making sure that with your, you know, where you are today, 
making sure that you guys, most likely, and the most people that I talk to in terms of my clients and students, they have the expertise, they have the credibility, um, they have the craft. What they're missing is the stage. And if you listen to this podcast and everything on my Instagram, you guys will be able to really get that stage piece. And then if you are halfway there or just starting, you'll be able to pick up the pieces in terms of what me and Ryan are talked about here and the content that I have on my Instagram. If you take action, you'll be able to see massive, um, you know, gradual success. So with that said, guys, take what we learned here, apply it to what you're trying to build. And if you want more nitty gritty stuff, you can either DM me, email me or Ryan in addition to hit us up on Instagram. So with that said, guys, we really hope that you guys learned a lot in this story is hella important, but as creatives, the reason that we're talking about this is that there's so many other things in terms of building a brand and gaining attention that are important for business building, brand building that we want to touch on and it's building a stage. So if you guys have any questions, hit us up. And with that, thank you guys for tuning into design handle. And next time guys, we cannot wait to hear you really talk to you guys next week. So keep loving. Design Huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brendan Gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in and please feel free to share this episode.